you already know. You already know what it is. It's your boy. And uh, I got Wesley again. We're making a habit out of this, Wesley. Yeah, it's the only thing uh, helping the mundanity of my weeks this Wednesday. Mine too. It's funny, like, isn't it funny? Like, if you were, if we could rewind time, like, back to when we were in high school and somebody was like, one day you're going to have a job that you don't even need to leave your house for. You just open up a laptop and you just get paid to just click buttons. You'd be like, holy shit, this is the cool, like, I can't wait for the future. And then you're in it and you realize what a hellscape that actually is. And you're just kind of like, holy fuck, somebody kill me. Someone just shoot me in the back of the head. But it really, it really is true. Yeah. (laughs) I never would have thought this in a million years. Right. No, I do. Do you remember what jobs used to be like before, like you had a college degree, like it was go to a fucking restaurant and like be on your feet for 18 hours and get like $10. That's what jobs used to be. <laughs> you work on like a, a pick up a Monday shift at a restaurant. <laughs> you're just fucked. Like I remember working at my college bar yeah. in the summers on like a Monday. And just no one was there. You literally just get like $8 and just work like six. And then you just, you just drink after. So you just go in a hole. You just be spending more than you make. Yeah. No, dude. Oh my God. I'm trying to think what, what job did I just really booze? Oh, when I was an assistant for sure. Um, well, yeah, that was when I was just absolutely boozing constantly. I'd be working like 12, 13 hours and then immediately go to a bar. Like I wouldn't even put my shit down. Like I'd still have, like, yep. my back- I still have my backpack in the car with all mm-hmm. my work shit in it, like scripts and like headshots of fucking people just in my car. And I would just be at this bar. <laughs> called, I'd be at this bar called Miss Mays. That was like a 24 hour bar, like right near my house. And I'd go in there at like 2 AM and it'd be packed with people who were just, completely wasted and i would just be like yeah let me get, let me get a triple shot of whatever is in the well whatever, well. <laughs> whatever you have back there that's gonna twist it yeah oh my god man that was like it, it's crazy um what your body and what you do subconsciously when you're not like enthralled with passion about what you do you know yeah i mean that's every i mean i i, I don't mind what i do now but like, I think it's the fact of living at home and not going into office is just like draining because it's just the same groundhog day. I'm yeah. honestly jealous of like I can see a difference. Of, I mean, everyone wants when you first started, it was like a dream to work at home all the time. But I think as the reality hits, it's different. Unless you have kids, and then it seems like you actually have a reason to be home. But mm-hmm. if you're just like solo or single and you're living alone, it's kind of depressing. But we're also like not in like good areas or fun areas so there's that too yeah if i was working from home in say like brooklyn or somewhere i'd be like this is fucking dope but since we just live in the fucking suburbs and you just get to stare out of your window at like ford, <laughs> at like ford explorers driving by and like kids, <laughs> kids like walking their dogs and shit it's, it's, it starts to get really maddening so you start to get very restless wesley i get very restless <laughs> Dude, that is the best word. I'm so restless. I'm just grunting all day. I just, it's like restless legs. I just like want to move and do something. I like look out my back window. There's just townhomes. I'm just like, just end it. I just want to end it. It's like, fuck this. I'm like, I've watched the same things. I'm just rewatching like Entourage or Sopranos for the hundredth time. It's like, this is it. (laughs) Dude, I had a problem with the Sopranos. Like, I, it was as much of an addiction as anything else I've done in my life. Like, I would watch reruns of the Sopranos all day. All the time, dude. Like, I would just have it running. Like, I'd be working. I'd be talking. They'd be like, is somebody else in the room with you? And we're like, that's just Tony, man. Don't worry about it. That's just Chrissy. Yeah, it's just Chrissy and Paulie. <laughs> Don't worry about it. They're they're handling their business. But yeah, it was it, like The Sopranos. There's so many shows that I just watched to death, like where I can't even turn it on anymore, especially in these past two years when, you know, like especially when you start upgrading your like monitor and, you know, you start like making your your room kind of like your main place that you hang out. Oh yeah, you you just start watching like just shit just to just to have the TV on, literally. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's fucked. So we uh move to your program. Huh? Oh yeah, so I got the program here. So we're gonna be doing another deep dive into 4chan, (laughs) and then I have the uh 
current news that we can talk about. So I read this post on Fortune. It says women have surpassed men in the economy. More and more young men are leaving society while women are starting very successful careers. Why? What's your answer to that, Wesley? I had to walk on eggshells here. <laughs> in, a, in an undocumented room, I might have a more, uh, I don't know what the word is, but I, know, I guess I can give an honest one. I mean, I think men are uh, are, walk, walk, are living meaningless lives. I think like the incels are becoming the um, main standard of a man at this point. Right. Masculinity, and everyone knows this, is kind of being eroded. I also think things in the diet, which we've talked about before, diet and phones, whatever you want to do, external factors are reducing testosterone, which is playing a part. I think also, obviously, the role of contraceptives and things like that and women being more educated and not wanting to have kids and focus on careers is in that. I think it's all these things just really coming together and the man is feeling a lot more masculated and down. And uh, I, I mean, that's that's what I'd say in a nutshell. Yeah, I, I agree with the the sort of lowering of our sort of male drives to like succeed and conquer. Like, I think most people that I meet nowadays, and I'm in sales, so this is saying something. Like, most of the guys that I meet nowadays in sales, like, they're not trying to do anything big. Like, they just want to sustain themselves so that they can go home and play World of Warcraft and like you know, pay for the seven porn subscriptions that they have. (laughs) It's not so much like, you know what, man, I just got to make this money so I can start a family and have a backyard. Like Gen Xers and like early millennials, like people who are in their thirties now, I think they still have that ethos. Yeah. people, People who are in our age group, like unless you're somewhere like where I am in like rural Michigan, you don't typically find people that like want to get married and like provide for a family and like think that even think that far ahead, you know, it's very strange. You, you see a lot of people who are just these kind of atomized, um, just workers, you know, and they're just not yeah. even, they're not even interested in like spreading their seed or, or creating more of their world. They just want to like exist and be comfortable in someone else in like Jeff Bezos's world. You know? Yeah. Well, you're living in all these other worlds and whether that's like Netflix or, uh, like any TV show, whatever, any video game you're playing, you're living in like digital worlds constantly. I think we'll get to a point where you're really in digital worlds. I especially felt this as I was playing like Elden Ring and yeah. I saw how advanced that game was and how much they're making them. People are going to dive more into those worlds and just uh, think people, I know like a lot of friends and actually, in fact, I know so many friends nowadays. I talk to my mom and see this. A lot of my friends, no one's dating anyone, myself included. No one's dating everyone. And this is kind of going back to what you said. Everyone just has this drive to like, get a sales job, whatever, make a lot of money and yeah. just live and drink and not worry about those things that maybe our parents like worried about. Cause, and it, yeah. the priorities just shifted. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And it, it's something's changed because the aspirations of a 26, 27 year old are much more akin to what they want rather than like what they can do for a potential family that they want to have. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's very like singular mm-hmm. rather than I feel like in our parents' uh, generation, they had to deal with the reality that if you date someone for long enough, you probably should marry them and have children. You know, whereas like yeah. you'll, see, you'll see people and how, how many times have you heard this where you're talking to a girl at a bar, it's super loud and she's like blabbering to you and she says, yeah, I just got out of a 17-year relationship. And you're like, wait, <laughs> like how are you not yeah. like not 17 years but you get my point like it's like the average person our age has been not even engaged but just dating someone for like five years and then they don't they just break up and then that's it and then they just get dropped off at the end of their 20s with no one and it's like what were you guys even doing in all that time yeah <laughs> like, you know and I think also, I think, I think there's a, uh, an, I don't know, analysis paralysis, cognitive dissonance, what, what you will. I think with men nowadays, whereas, you know, I think men are visual creatures. I think they've, so there's two sides of this. Men are visual creatures. So I think they're seeing, like our parents never had access to Instagram and all these 
websites, whatever that shows you all these women that are like, you're still seeing women from your high school right. and how they're doing and they're looking hot. And you're like, maybe you're like, you're thinking, maybe I can get them. Even if you're not saying consciously, you're saying subconsciously. So you're weighing all these options. You're seeing on Instagram, you might follow like 600 people. You're seeing yeah. how many of that 300 or girls are posting out pictures. So you're just, and then not even that, that's in your own circle. And then you see the Instagram influencers. So you're weighing all these options and the ones that you maybe right. can get that, that you can get you're you're weighing them to the ones you can't get so it becomes this like cognitive distance where you don't know what you you're, you're like oh if i get that one there's always something better which i think is where we're at and then on the woman's side i think women don't even i mean I, obviously this is a total generalization but from a social media perspective it's like i think a lot of women i don't want to say become obsessed with themselves but they don't have to like if you're a hot girl you don't have to you can just post pictures and look good and like you get something out of that. I think you get some utility out of that. So you don't necessarily need a guy. And I think they weigh their options. Cause also if you're a girl, you can find a rich dude to help you or, you know, move you. Mm -hmm. So there's just this weird, like miscommunication or like disconnect between men and women. And I don't see without social media that that bridge will ever be gap and for, in fact i think it's just pulling further and further away yeah there's got to be something that's done about the access to social media when it comes to choosing mates because not only do you have those dating apps where you can just swipe constantly but like mm -hmm. you said you have that instagram feed that knows exactly what you're looking at and what you want to look at so like let's say you're looking at like you know chicks with big tits like it will put in your discovery like every single chick with big tits like that you could yeah. possibly imagine and your brain whether you like it or not is like looking at these people as if they're potential mates you know so mm -hmm. it, gives, it gives your brain this total illusion of choice like as yeah if, as if, if it doesn't work with the girl in your town with big tits you've got fifty thousand other women <laughs> that you can try right. to but that's not true. You're never going to meet those women. Those women don't know you exist, you know, but you have these very intimate. One of the things I think our brains are like getting whacked out over is like because the, people always had um, what's that shit called? Like Playboy or like a high production value image of a woman that's hot. But I think when you go on Instagram and it's like a girl like in her own bathroom, it's very intimate, you know, or like in yeah. you know, in their house, like taking little videos or in their bed, like you would have in any other society, you would have never seen that. So you kind of feel like, oh, I, I kind of know this girl. I'm, I'm inside of her life. Somehow. Interesting. Yeah. You know? I and never it, thought and, of it. Yeah. And it really, I think that's what exacerbates the illusion. Cause I was like, I was, I was about to contradict myself because I was like, well, people have always had playboys. Like, well, what is the big difference now? And I think that's the difference aside from the ubiquity of it. Right. Like aside from the fact that I can just, open my phone at like a doctor's office and just like uh -huh. through like hot chicks on top of that the hot chicks are kind of letting you into this illusion of their like personal lives and that really fucks with a lot of guys brains you know yeah and i think i think also the the lack of men having sex and falling i think men definitely are falling more into porn yeah um, i think a lot i think what's also happening is men are getting you know uh, pre, what is it? Pre ejaculation, ED, whatever. Yeah. And then, and then if they can perform, like if they can perform, they're not getting the girls off. So girls are kind of, this is obviously a general generalization, but right. I think there, these are some of the factors that are moving things. And I think a lot of girls are realizing that they can't maybe orgasm from guys. So yeah. they're like, why even have like hook up with them when I can get kind of utility out of getting likes and po Instagram posts. And I was saying that in any way, disrespectful way to women because i totally understand you know if you've been you know hooking up with frat college all your life and you've gotten nothing out of them i mean right. why keep doing it unless they can give you provide you some sort of resource because women are more resource-based for resources so right. it's like why just sleep around when i can just be abstinent until someone with money comes along and can help me and then i can you know right you, yeah that, Oh, no, I was just saying, like, in the monetization of attention, right? Like, mm -hmm. that is uh, the biggest revolution, and I feel like, in, like, female-male interaction is that not only can these women get, like, emotionally validated for being attractive, but they can mm -hmm. also get monetary compensation for their mm -hmm. attention that men give them. Like, that, like, they don't need shit from you at that point. They just need your eyeballs, and, like, that's it. 
because they they can pay their whole life and never have to actually hook up with you or never have to actually even see you in real life. They just need to maintain their hotness. And then it's like, boom, like they all their resources are met. You know, all their needs are met. Yeah. And guys being our brainless selves, like, like I was saying earlier, we're just so visual that we're willing to spend money and give these likes and this like just constantly enamor women with it's comments or DMs or what you will, because guys aren't getting DMs from girls. It's rare. Yeah, no. Women are getting shuttered. And if you, if you, if as a guy, if you get a DM from a girl, you're feeling on cloud nine, and you gotta imagine girls are just getting this all the time. Even if it's an ugly dude, it's still definitely. I imagine there's some sort of dopamine release you get, because you get dopamine releases from likes. I don't care who you are as a human. That yeah. gives you, it gives you validation. It gives you security, and no one wants to even people deny it, but. So if you're someone who's good looking, posting a lot of pictures and getting a lot of likes, you're getting validation from that. And that's a currency. And it doesn't even have to be monetary currency. It's a uh, psychological currency. And that's kind of what we run on now. And, yeah. and it's kind of the biggest currency in the world is who's doing the coolest things. You know? Right. No, I, I totally agree with you. I think this has just opened up such a Pandora's box. It's like we've hijacked mm-hmm. our own, we've hijacked our own like, like uh, attention and benefits response system in our brain and like there's just no turning back like you just can't you there's no way you're going to shut down instagram or shut down the internet yeah you know it's like people are people are already sucked into it um but uh it's it's pretty crazy uh so i'm trying to find another one how's it going there, yeah wasn't that good um yeah yeah so i have a lot of views on that just because i'm seeing these things and like i think i've a much more fortune in various ways than a lot of other people with maybe hookup climate and stuff. So, um, just cause you know, having like a good job and like a career and stuff like that really does help you in, in the world of dating. I've noticed that seems to be always a bigger factor than yeah looks or, you know, stuff like that. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I, I see your point. I, I think, um, I think what we're going to see is, a real backlash of like all of this connectivity. I think, you know, we've already lost the generation that's a t- that are teenagers right now, but I think mm-hmm. the, the, the generation that's like nine and 10 right now, like they're just seeing everyone just being hooked up to this like neural net. And they probably are going to rebel against that and be like, you know what? I don't want to be like my older brother who just sits and, and uh, you know, watches a fucking, you know, screen 24 seven. I want to go outside. I want to see people. I think that's just a natural thing that happens is people younger see what other people are being influenced by and they want to do the opposite because they can really with a fresh mind kind of see it objectively, you know, that would be incredible. Wouldn't that's, it? that's optimistic thinking. I'm going to tell <laughs> myself now. Yeah. Just tell yourself that. So I got another one here. Um, this one, this one you're going to like, so it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know a single Zoomer in my family or friend group that goes to church every Sunday. Even my 50-year-old Gen X dad doesn't go to church. Watch in 15 to 20 years, these churches are going to lose every single one of their loyal 70 to 80-year-old boomers uh, that all donate their Social Security. Watch how <laughs> desperate these Christ cucks get when their money supply is cut off. Church, churches are modern racketeering. It's going to be glorious to see all of those eyesores on every corner disappear. So what what do you think about the lack of spirituality uh, amongst mm. younger people? Where like I, I notice, you know, when you like watch Family Guy or like when you watch any show, and they're just like making fun of religion and they're just like doing it in such a mean spirited, like kind of like not with any respect for it, but with this true like disdain for the practice of religion, and that's always kind of confused me. Like without getting into conspiracy talk, I'm just like. <laughs> why is it that like there's just such a i even feel do you ever feel like awkward even bringing up like you know religious or religiosity or anything to like other people that you may not know whether or not they're into it like don't you get this like social feeling where it's like Mm -hmm. oh this is inappropriate like where the fuck did that come from um i mean with that like i i I see why I think atheists are just rebelling against the world or their boomer parents that were religious and they look towards the hideosities that come from religion, like all those various things, but they don't see the beautiful things that have come from it. Right. But I mean, I don't, yeah, I, I don't like hearing that. I think I'm around enough people that are like not 
super like antagonistic against religion, mm-hmm. or at least some respect. I think as you get older, but I don't think that's true though. That the that religion's gonna fade out. I think it's here to stay. I don't think it's ever gonna go away. Right. I mean, I don't see how. I mean, I, I guess maybe I'm not, but like my mom, I guess she's a boomer. She goes to church all the time, and I went with her a few times recently. And there's still a lot of young people. The church is like packed. Yeah, I don't know how technology stuff's going to drown out religion. Maybe I'm wrong, but no, I I agree. I don't think it's ever going away, especially not in this country. Like there are far more atheistic countries than the United States. Like. I think uh, here it's just so, you know, baked into the backbone of America, especially Christianity, so baked into the backbone of like American life, you know, that I don't really see it disappearing. I do see it changing and becoming something that's not Mm -hmm. necessarily like hyper uh, dogmatic on religion, but more just about community aspect of it, which to me is kind of a good thing. But yo, did you ever hear about that guy who was like Justin Bieber's like pastor or whatever? And he was just like a complete con man and was like stealing money from like millions of people and like selling out these huge uh, mega churches. And was always- those people are always going to be there. Yeah. Any type of like any uh, anything like any political part, anything where there's large groups of people, there's going to be people trying to exploit others. That's always going to be there. Right. So people just like to look at the bad of religion when there's really a lot of beauty. I will say, though, a lot of the Christianity in America that I think some people might be turned off is, was, and it is and was, or was and is still rooted around some racism. Because there were a lot of racist oh. connotations or undertones with religion than owning a slave, you know. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, you can't look at those negative things. You, like, you need to look at the beauty that's come out of religion. A lot of mute. I mean, my favorite album in the world, or one of them, Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, is, I mean, arguably one of the best sounds ever. There's so much music made from it, so much good things. I think people just focus on the bad. Or Some people just have this, like, they think they're cool, like, yeah. not liking God. And I think that is so distasteful. I'm like, I mean, I get if you're, I mean, I don't as much get if you're atheist, <laughs> but if you're like spiritual or whatever, I mean, you don't got to just hate on religion. It's like, relax. No, it's just like, uh, except for when I was in San Diego, that was the one social sphere of young people that like would openly tell you that they were Christian or openly tell you that like, you know, and do you, do you like? Are you so when someone's like, "Hey, I'm Christian," you res- you're like, "Hell yeah, yeah!" Like, I respect what? that a lot, and it ge- it gives me a totally different perspective on that person. I'm like, "Oh wow, it so does like, yeah, yeah." Like even if I didn't like that person to begin with, there's a certain level of comfortability that I have mm-hmm. with people, you know, that grew up somewhat religious because I'm like, okay, you at least understand a few things or see the mm-hmm. world in a little bit the way I do. You know, so I, I enjoy it. I think San Diego does have a lot of that sort of evangelical, like cool church kind of, you know, like aspect to it. But hey, yeah. whatever, whatever it takes to get people from like, you know, fucking uh, just worshiping the devil and, you know, just being. Fucking, I mean, I think you know. my life will end with me being like a true like Bible thumper and hopefully a good way. I mean, yeah. I look at all the things I do in my life wrong and poor and. Maybe I'm just weak, if that's what we want to call it. But I don't see any way of getting out of my sins and all these things I deal with every day without, like, God or Jesus or whoever, you know. I just don't yeah. – there's no way. There's no way for me. I just know it someday because I, I – I mean, I don't have the strength to do it. And I don't think there's any – I don't I don't know why that that is weakness. I mean, it is weakness, but I don't know why it's wrong saying that. No, it's, it's weird that it is. And – uh I've just noticed as I've gotten older, you know, when people do start to get a little bit religious, like people that I used to, you know, really know really well, and I'll see them on social media, you know, just like quoting Bible stuff or whatever. I'm always interested, like, where did that come from? You know, what made you turn back to this, you know, or what made you get into this? Because I think that story kind of tells you a lot about that person, a lot yeah. about that, you know, a, a lot of, about the way the person, in, uh, is influenced by things you know it's better and also it's like like generalization i speak always in generations and hyperboles for anyone listening that's how i like to talk but like i have these people that are like atheists not even like spiritual or whatever 
are like very against religion, but they're like usually for the government or some other type of institution. Right. And I'm like, I mean, these institutions are way worse. I mean, right, and right. Their, their, their religion becomes the government and all that. I mean, you, you, you follow something, right? Yeah. And oftentimes the thing you follow that you love and are enamored by, it's usually, if it's not Christ, God, or religious aspect, it's some type of institution or it's some type of pleasure, which is not good for you. So if you're following an institution or something that gives you pleasure, the odds are you're in a worse place than if you were to follow God. 100%. 100%. It's like such a answer to so many things. And I noticed that some people in my life who have no religious underpinnings, they can get really stressed out and really hysterical about you know, instances in their life where they aren't in control or they can't control the outcome. And I'm like, see, that's the perfect example of why religion is so important because it reminds you that you're not in control, that when bad things mm -hmm. happen to you or when you can't get something to work, that it's not some sort of reflection on things that you're bad at. It's just the way that the universe or way the way that God is working with you, you know? And I think when you don't have that, that underpinning, that belief system, you can get really mired in your own anxieties. I think a lot of the yeah. reason why, I think a lot of the reason why anxiety is so rampant is because people are so obsessed with trying to control little every little aspect of their life, and then capitalism comes around and will commodif commodify that anxiety and be like, "Oh, losing your hair, take this. Oh, you you can't yeah. wait. Oh, like you know." And it's just like that's what becomes your your god in a sense is whatever is telling you it can fix whatever anxieties you have is typically what you'll end up worshiping, you know? hundred percent. Yeah. But, um, it's crazy. Like I'll be in, I'll be in AA and people will be like, man, I really couldn't, uh, I really couldn't get with the whole, like give yourself up to a higher power kind of thing. And I'm like, why not? That's the most, that's the biggest relief you could ever have is to realize that you're not in control and that something bigger than you is directing your life like why wouldn't you want to believe that you know it's very interesting yeah, i love having these conversations with you because i like how it, it I, I don't know I, I feel a kinship when people believe in god and also come from religious families i know you, your parents are muslim right right yeah yeah and i i to me i mean some christians and muslims see divide i don't i think it's so closely related so it's like just nice talking to people that are religious it always just brings me joy yeah, no, there's so much to learn because I don't know a lot. I mean, I've done my studies, but you know, you just learn from one another, and also just I don't know what I can't speak on the kinship you have when, you, like you were saying earlier, you talk to someone and like you finally believe in God. It can just like you can think they're the worst person ever. It's like, oh, well, this yeah. guy like prays at night. You know, he right. conscious of how are you being that's maybe guiding him or moving him in better places. That's pretty cool to me. No, it is. And it, and it gives me a reassurance that, okay, you know, this person can at least understand why, you know, lying is bad or why being phony is bad. Like they have a higher understanding of it because they're beholden to something that's not themselves. You know? Yeah. 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 But, you know, I, I really do find that uh, a lot more. So, okay. So here's the next topic here. Um, so huge U.S. Uh, interest rate rise to fight for uh, rising prices. Dude, I went to the grocery store today and I was appalled by how expensive. <laughs> you can't buy anything under $5. Everything that you want is $5 or more, $4.99. <laughs> so bad, dude. dude. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Read the, can you read the thing again? Yeah, yeah. Hold on. <laughs> huge... <laughs> U.S. interest rate rise to fight rising <laughs> prices. The Federal Reserve is increasing interest rates for a fourth time oh. to control inflation. It's like, man, we are so far gone. We are so far off the deep end. This is, and this is how empires collapse always. It's with crazy dude, inflation. It's, it's just like, I don't think we're going to – I think we're going to get to rat-a-tat-tat time before <laughs> – before we get to the like rolling around like wheelbarrows of dollars to get like a uh, you know a loaf, of bread. <laughs> I don't even think like like when people say oh you're gonna you're gonna have to stand in in the bread line I'm like we're not getting to that point you think that <laughs> isn't gonna isn't gonna start smoking people for fucking <laughs> gonna start rolling people up and smoking them for some fucking grocery money like I don't know what people think this country is but I'm like people are not standing in no line for nothing are you crazy. 
Like it's 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 gonna be fucking pandemonium, dude. I'm surprised that grocery stores aren't just getting robbed. Like I remember, Honestly, they probably are in LA. <laughs> yeah, no, dude. I remember they showed the video. They showed the video of the riots in Santa Monica, and I'll never forget, I'll never forget this this feeling that I got when I saw it, where it was this distinct feeling of like welcome to the future. Like it was like you are not. This is not the only time this is gonna happen, and it's only gonna happen more. Like, I just remember seeing all the people smack. Like, there was a dude who drove his, like, fucking Range Rover into a Gucci store, <laughs> into the glass panel of the Gucci store, and then just fucking took everything out of the Gucci store and then drove out. It's like, that is, that's the opening clarion call of, like, people are not paying for shit. In the next but five they're years. Going, but they're all going for, like, luxury goods. So, like, yeah, are they- but it's like, at first, it was like the, like, the rich poor, right? Like, the rich poor. Yeah. He still has a Range Rover, but he like can't, he barely can afford rent every month. Like those are the people who are snapping <laughs> in, in LA when when shit started getting bad during COVID. Yeah. We're, we're like the cash poor rich, but it goes down the scale, right? Eventually, it's gonna hit people who genuinely have nothing to lose. There's no no four hundred one k. Just all yeah. every paycheck is going to like like just shitty cheap food from the grocery store, like ramen yeah. noodles. And like yeah, and then they're just paying all the rest on a Range Rover. <laughs> on the ra- yo, it's seven it's seven eighty a month for the Range Rover, and you know the other the other two thousand goes to rent, and you got like fifty bucks to like figure out how you're gonna eat. There's so many people in this country that are living that exact life, and if you're listening and you live that life. I'm so sorry. It's only gonna get worse. <laughs> it's only gonna get worse. Nah, you gotta. If you're doing that, you gotta double down and get a nicer Range Rover. Maybe yeah. spend like fifteen hundred a month. Go into some credit, a little bit of credit card debt. Yeah, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. You're just walking around with basically a piano over your head that can fall <laughs> at any moment and just destroy you. Like, yeah, but you've got a depreciating asset. Yeah. You can drive, you know, in traffic all day in L.A. Dude, I mean, the amount of people, because you do, here's here's what I, I completely understand about L.A. people and their cars. If you're like an L.A. person, you spend at least four hours a day in your car. So that's a, you know, you want to get a luxury vehicle. I get it because you're going to be in it a lot. But it's like, I don't know. I I. I don't know if you should just go for efficiency rather than just like, you know, I don't think I could ever be in LA with something that's not nice. I feel so bad about myself. And that is why I'll never live in LA because my mindset's so fucked that if I was out there driving like a Ford or like a, like a, what is it? Honda, Honda Civic or something. I couldn't pull up anywhere, bro. I feel so bad pulling up anywhere. Oh my god, no. I think uh <laughs> that's I, so fucked, but I think my favorite thing about when I was in LA was that I had a fucking Hyundai accent that was like <laughs> so, like half destroyed. And I'll never forget oh. one time we like my uh roommate and me, we got invited to this like super nice party in like Laurel Canyon. And I remember like driving and I remember seeing there's tons of spots to park like up the hill where you could see the house. But I just parked it all the way at the bottom of the hill because I was like, I don't want people to see what car I just pulled up in. <laughs> I do not want to. I do not want to start my. You parking a mile and a half away. Yeah, you leave, just be like, yeah, I Uber. Dude, straight up, we were sweating by the time we got up the hill. Like I was like, we were so fucking. Um, <laughs> we were. So, but you we got were, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, sorry. You got no, You got to. You got to pull. You got to. You got to park like two miles away and then pull an Uber. <laughs> an Uber Black to the party. Yeah, Uber Black. <laughs> like, Five miles to the party. That would be a fucking smart ass thing to do. I should have done that. But no, I would purposefully Uber to girls' houses. I would purposefully like just so that I couldn't see what I was fucking driving. It was so embarrassing. And like, and like, dude, I would park all the way in the corner of a parking garage. Like, I was such. I was. I was hiding. My Compare if you went there and they just like get out an Uber and you step up and go in the house. To if you arrive there in your accent and just they saw you pull up in the accent, what do you think the difference oh, wow. in their attitude towards you would be? Dude, I, no one would talk to me. They would just be like, dude, you're <laughs> fuck, you shouldn't even be here. Like, nah, um, the, the, building <laughs> that I, the building that I worked at was in West Hollywood. It was like a trophy building. There was tons of nice cars in the, in the fucking uh, parking garage. And I think when like, because you can either go to the front and a valet will take it or you can go like and park it yourself 
And like, but either way, you're going to have to deal with a valet because when you come back at the end of the day, you have to give them like a ticket, you know, to get your car. And dude, I just remember those valets looking at me like, are you the fucking janitor? Like, what's up with you, bro? Like, this car sucks. <laughs> dude, it was nuts. Get how so many people have nice cars in LA. I, I, when I was there, I was like, every car was, a, well, every car was like a Tesla now. But yeah. I'm just like, wait. <laughs> I feel like everywhere I go, it's more rich than poor. Like, well, yeah, I think it's the illusion of it too. Because mm. if you've got a decent credit score and you're making like more than forty five thousand dollars a year, <laughs> you can you can get a BMW. It's just gonna oh, no. it's gonna cost you eight hundred dollars a month. And if you no. you know if you want to hide, and, and this is my favorite thing. This is my favorite thing that LA people do. They'll be like, yeah, you know, I just don't really eat meat. I don't really eat bread. Like, I have gluten. I have uh, gluten-free stuff, and I'm a, I'm a vegetarian. It's like, no, you're not eating that stuff because you can't afford it, my guy. You can't go and get a fucking steak and drive this Tesla. Like, you got to pick one or the other. That's why you're eating grains, literally <laughs> dust, and driving this fucking car. They're just getting those brown, those bags of Ben's brown rice or whatever. <laughs> just like Uncle Ben's, they're, they're Uncle from, the, ben's. from the Uncle Ben's, and they're like, "Yeah, living healthy." <laughs> I mean, dude. I mean, on the on the um, the topic of uh, inflation with groceries. So I I, I go to um, Mom's if you're familiar with that in Maryland. It's like a very I, I mean very. I don't want to say hippie or liberal, but like super like everything's organic, non-GMO, sustainable. Because I've been on like that kick of eating like a lot of meat, vegetables, mm. fruit. I'm not mm. doing any of the shit with just random chemicals in it because I truly think that is one of the declines of our civilization is all the sunflower canola oils that's fucking in every single thing you get, soybean oil, all those things. Yeah. So I had the point, but yeah. I was like getting like, what was I getting? Like raspberries, it's like six yeah. bucks, and you know one of those things you take down in one minute. It's like holy yeah. shit! And then like, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, I do fine. I live at home. I just don't know what happens to other people that like don't make. I mean, maybe they get cheaper shit because I know my shit's a little more pricey because it's organic. But I mean, I don't know, man. You're choosing. You're choosing to lose something. That's what's going on right now. Like. If you want to live alone, if you want to have a nice car, then you can't spend money on food. If you want to stay at home, if you want to stay at home and you know you want to drive a decent car, like you know you can't afford rent now, like you know and you want to eat well, like you just it's there's three things that you need like food, shelter, and like you know whatever, like yeah. your fucking gas, and you got to choose one of them. One of them has to go in order for you to fucking sustain Ooh. your life. So, so you're saying eating, renting, or a nice car? But now, okay, okay, okay. I've been in a city, in a city like LA. That question pertains. So, I mean, I, I probably give up. I probably give up eating. Yeah. I mean, that, I, I guess I understand why they're coming from that point of view. Because what you're gonna not have a decent place. You're just not gonna drive like a nice car. See, I was a psycho. I was like, I'm ordering Uber Eats every <laughs> night. I'm living in a shithole downtown. I don't give a fuck. Maybe make a like, run or two to the uh, <laughs> the stores, the concessionary stores. Uh, yeah, dude. I'll never forget during the fucking um, uh, stimulus times, bro. I was getting like twenty one. <laughs> I was getting twenty one hundred every two weeks. You better believe I was at like ten dollars by the time it's two weeks. Up. I was at literally ten dollars. I would I would get the biggest fattest bags of weed that I did not need. Dude. I would just weed did you ever, I would fucking, did you ever get like uh, where like sometimes when i'm like down bad after like spending a fuck ton of money I'm down bad is a loose term i'm just like why why not just buy like a 200 shirt like why not i've already just no I, that's my that's my mentality always is like well i'm not gonna save this extra 50 dollars. like what the fuck is this gonna do for me i might as well just <laughs> spend it all right now on like a dinner that i can barely afford like yeah, like I, I'm I'm I live that lifestyle where I'm just like shit. If if I'm under a thousand dollars, like I'm not saving that. Like what what am I gonna do? Like what is that? How how is that really gonna help me? Like you yeah, know? if you have like six hundred hundred dollars left, you just get some Louboutins or something. You get something nice. You go to Essence and you buy something you don't need. <laughs> when you're struggling, <laughs> you buy something you don't need and then you can wear only once. Bro, I literally. Money. 
I literally, when I got those Balenciagas, I was like, I can't wear these with anything. I can't do anything, but just put them in my room and just look at them. And that's all I did. I would just fucking stare at them all day. You literally, I like, got, you literally got the bright lime green. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't wear that shit with a single outfit I had. Um, I would just stare at it. And I just remember because I got it on Poshmark for like almost $400. So it was like 200 off. That's and no, it wasn't bad. And like I could do it at the time without really worrying. But then, you know, COVID happened, you know, I was out of a job for a little bit and, and I was just looking at those shoes like how many groceries could I have bought with these fucking shoes that are just sitting in my house? It was it was an, it was a nightmare. It was maddening. It's almost just like you're like self-inflicting yourself on purpose. It's like, why? Yeah. Well, how about I, instead of getting something maybe I could layer or match? Right? You're just like, let me just get the one shoe. I can't Dude. even wear out. And then, if, even. and then if something like a stain or something were to get on it, it would just ruin. <laughs> Dude, I was I I wore oh. one time I wore one time to the Soho house and I thought like somehow that that would you know I would feel more at home or something. I felt so awkward with these big clunky ass thick ass shoes <laughs> and I have the tight. And I have the tiniest legs ever, too. So I was wearing, like, shorts and those shoes. And I was just like, I look like I should have a lollipop in my hand. I look like a fucking seven-year-old right now with my outfit. It was just it was oh, so embarrassing. Oh, my God. So, yeah. I'm crying. Um, do we have another? Uh, do we have another? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so hold on. Let me I, see I, Dude, first on a 4chan, it was through one of our fellow friends. Um, he had a great 4chan and he was the first person. I'm not going to mention any names. If he's listening, he'll know I'm talking about him. Um, he was the first person to show me memes and he was the first person that did memes and knew his name. Mm. Let's call him. Um, you, you do know I'm referring to. Yeah. Kalen. <laughs> Kalen. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, no. that's his middle name. I know. Dude. Yeah, Kalen. Um, no, but he can't. Kalen did was the first person that. I mean, maybe you should, I don't know, but he had the memes on deck, and I thought that was so funny. That's the first one. I was no, first yeah. Kalen, Kalen has like some really funny memes that he has saved to his computer, mm -hmm. and he is one of those, like first timers with like fortune. I think he showed me fortune, and I've yeah. like never looked back ever since. He, he had some the funniest memes. It was like the classic memes. Now I'm just looking back, I'm like, damn, that was like twenty. It's probably like 2011, 2012, maybe. Crazy. So here's the new one. I don't know anything about this. <laughs> uh, it gonna... So it says uh, 1,000 daily monkeypox cases in the United States alone. <laughs> I think I think this is a something burger now, guys. So that's a something, um, that's a something burger. <laughs> so you know, you know the like the 4chan term, like nothing burger. They say it's a something burger when it's like some like nothing burger means it's, yeah it's like a fake story and then a something burger is like a real story but I dude I don't know I haven't been following this monkeypox thing have you been following it no I I don't follow anything relating to epidemics <laughs> yeah I just don't know what it is how we're supposed to feel about it if it's even real did you like, like how they would show pictures of it every time and be a black person. Oh really? Did they do that? That was like a thing. I mean, dude, when I first saw all the pictures and I saw people getting outcry outcrying about it, yeah. it would just be like a black hand showing a bunch of bumps on it. I'm like, oh, all right, well, like what? I mean, it doesn't. Nothing surprises me anymore with the fucking media. I mean, just if like, you yeah. like CNN doing it, I'm like the people that are like the most like we're the most like non-racist, and they're just posting black people with monkey boxes, no white people. Yeah. No, it fucking uh, Wolf Blitzer during the uh, Hurricane Katrina coverage. <laughs> you remember what he said during the Hurricane Katrina coverage? No, Did you ever? What he was like, Wolf Blitzer was like, he was standing in the water and he was like, <laughs> you know, these people, these people here, they are, it is just tragic. They are so poor and so black. And oh, I'm so. Oh, yeah, he did. Type it in so poor and so black. And he said it on live television. It's like, yeah, okay, man. Oh. <laughs> That's enough for you, but uh, yeah, yeah monkey, I don't fucking yeah. monkeypox. I will tell you on the black people on commercials thing. Anytime I see an mRNA commercial, like for like you know gene therapy, literally there's commercials for it now. It's always a black person, always a black person for mRNA gene therapy. It's like what? Dude. What are they trying to? 
experiment. I, st- I keep seeing like ones with black people where it's like them like say it's so catering to the black community because I feel like black community isn't getting vaxxed like a lot of them are. Yeah, which is pretty. You know, I I can't. You know, yeah. you know. Um, but it's always like a black person who's like, I was not about it at first. I didn't know what I believed in, and then I got it, and I never looked back. I'm like, what is this? Oh. I hate this shit. I hate this shit. That's that's how I feel, man. Is I hate this shit. They're literally and just using black people as just like pawns, and it's yeah. and, and like the white people that are like super liberal and like cast themselves as not racist just don't see it. They're like, wow, yeah, that's that's really moving. I'm like, yo, it's like for all our talk about woke this and woke that, you still got black people on television, like. <laughs> trying to like ham up the blackness so that they can somehow seem more like I guess authentic when they're talking about a pharmaceutical gene therapy. Like it's just like what are you doing? Dude, they want black people to get more of it for sure. I mean, I, I, there's no there's no there's you know, you know, uh evil reasoning behind that though, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, of course not. No, they're just <laughs> Trying to represent, you know, they want to include us. Yeah. I don't think people understood what they meant when they said inclusion. You know, Dude, um, is it true? Do you know? I mean, you'd be the guy I feel like would know. Someone told me that like abortions and maybe even contraception was was created to stop black births. Yes, uh, Margaret Sanger. Oh no, no! Yeah, Margaret Sanger, who is every black person should know this. Um, Margaret Margaret Sanger, who was the lady who really developed um, Planned Parenthood was a eugenicist she had many many different like talks and speeches where she would say flat out like i am doing this so that we have no. a smaller black population yeah she was like i do not that's why there's planned parenthoods in every single hood like she did that on purpose no. Any place where it's like historically black or it's like an impoverished area they will have a planned parenthood like right on the corner and mm. margaret said was like because this was in the time where black people were moving into the cities and there was high uh, black populations in like major cities and she hated black she was like she didn't just she wasn't just racist like there are people who are beyond racist who like <laughs> want to exterminate like a particular group of people and margaret sanger was exactly that she was like a nazi when it comes to like trying to like breed people out of existence um so they yeah are, no I, they, I mean you're not are there planned parents that exist in the suburbs or even like rural places no think about it it's where, where most parenthoods <laughs> they're in no. yeah they're in the black part of town that's no mistake they don't do things like that on mistake. Like even in the more like dark yeah. like blacker parts of town because like the i know the planned parent of dc is in like northeast and it's like definitely more black than if you're going to like dupont or something they don't put yeah. them in like the the super white ritzy places yo no because crazy because it's not for them and the other thing too is that like she was pretty adamant about trying to you know not just exterminate but just erase black people from history like she thought the fact that black people even existed in america and contributed to like our culture was a problem like that that's the person who set up planned parenthood so i mean of course i'm for abortion i don't want my you know girlfriend to get pregnant and then mm-hmm. just be like well i'm gonna ruin your life now so we're having this kid you know because I, I couldn't leave a kid i i don't right. understand how people do that but um, but at the same time, it's like the reasons why it's so ubiquitous in certain areas should give people pause as to like, okay, are you sure you want people to just be getting abortions willy nilly? Because, you know, there are some people that want abortions for the wrong reasons, you know? That's and, insane. Uh, yeah. And it should just be something that, and it shouldn't be controversial to bring up. You know, you talk to people who are pro abortion, you bring up the Margaret Sanger thing, and they get really upset. And it's like, I'm not saying I disagree with you. I'm just stating you a need fact. To, yeah, I mean, why do people just want to erase the history from things? Like, it's just like, yeah. let's erase all the bad. I th- no, it's important we know so that it doesn't fucking happen again. Like, well, I guess I don't know how you replicate that, but it's important to know, man. Yeah. No, it definitely is important to know. I think a couple of th- things are going to start coming out about how black people were treated in the 20th century that we're, like, not ready for yet. Like, I think when we find out that the crack epidemic was 100% like isn't that 100% true is that not it is it is but it's still not risen to public consciousness like you can find tons of documentation that 
they went out of their way to place cocaine in the hoods of America. They went out of their way to place high-powered rifles and high-powered automatic machine guns all over, especially Los Angeles, uh, so that these people would kill each other. Like it was a manufactured thing. They they know that when they create like these sort of matchstick um, adversaries, they're not only going to get funding, but they're going to be able to you know cordon off these sections of the city, make the prices of the uh, of the land so low that they can just come in and swoop sweep up all that stuff when they're ready. And that's exactly what they did. That's what gentrification is. Blockbusting, like, blockbustering. Yeah, like these people think decades in advance and they know that if if they do it the right way then we'll uh, the country's mechanism will just work in their favor like the machine Dude, in this country you know? my thing with that is what i think we've gotten to this point is i don't think so the liberals that don't believe in god and believe in just institutions mm. you you if you tell them that then that means the institution is corrupt in a way that they've done a heinous thing like i'm just thinking if i were to tell someone like as people i know this information they'd say maybe mm. it's true they would never look into it in, in ever in their lives exactly. they would never look into it because they don't want to know that their god their institution has committed atrocities and that's like that's how you know it's their god they don't want to offend their god they don't want to know the bad things about it but that is true no. right don't you like i feel like that has been boiled in as these institutionalist liberals that it's just been like put into every other conspiracy thing that comes at the CIA, the killing of JFK, all these things. They just don't, they just turn their cheek to. Like, I think a lot of people too, like they believe this is the, the main delusion that I battle with when I talk to liberals is that they will gladly concede, especially since Trump was in for four years, they will gladly tell you, Oh yeah, we have a corrupt system. Things aren't working the way they should blah, blah, blah. But there's some people in there that are just trying to help that just want things to go right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they may not be in charge, but they're behind the scenes. They have these secret heroes that they think are like, you know, behind the scenes trying right. to save us, you know? And it's like, for a second, if we just do the thought experiment that, that most of the people, like 99% of the people who get into government are not necessarily bad, but they're self-serving. It's a career just like any other career where you want to move up in the ranks, you want to make more money, you want to do all the all the things that you can do to get the position that you want. Okay, if these are self-serving people, could you then at least admit to yourself that they may not necessarily give a shit about you? And on top of that, and this is where the conspiracy stuff comes, is like, they might actually dislike you. In fact, by all accounts, they might just hate you. <laughs> fucking liberal coastal elites the way they talk about middle americans like it's really true that these are supposed to be the people that they're helping to govern and helping to uh you know collect resources for but then you hear them at a dinner party and they're like yeah that, those <laughs> supporters that yeah like talking about these people like there's some enemy combatant you know that they that they have to work against it's like at what point do people just start to realize like Oh, like they're not here to help me. In fact, they might actually really not like me, and I need to do something in my own local area to make sure that that disdain doesn't fuck up my life. You know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I think there's just a lot of people that have this bizarre um, hero worship of like bureaucrats, and I'm just like, why? Why would you think they like you? What have you done? What what show have where they depict you? Do they depict you in a good light? You know, every towny, hokey, you know, Americana American is depicted in Hollywood and on televisions as complete man, like, human trash. You know, I mean, I've had you know, I've I've been a government contractor up until the last year or a few months. I switched over to commercial, and just dealing with these government clients, I've had several government clients, and like. There, there's a few nice, very nice people, but as a whole, man, they're, they're not a nice. They're not nice people. Like, uh -huh. so these are just like people in the lower levels of the government, not the upper echelons. Like in the mysterious FDA's and CDC, those it's more you know pernicious CIA, cryptic. Like I can't imagine what's going on there. Right, and it's like when when you give people all this power and they shut the door and you can't know what they're doing on the other side of that door. It gets really scary because it's like 
they have so much of an ability to affect your life. And the reality is, is that most of the time their main concern is themselves and their careers. So it's like, how much do you think they're going to fuck your life up for their own, you know, gains? Like, what, what do you think they're truly capable of? And I think people don't even think that way. They just yeah, think, you know, what, what if people like, cause like, you know, how the government is very gray and gloomy, and boring and like, you know, it's never depicted as a good way. So, like, usually when you're living those careers, you're probably going to hate the world more. So maybe, like, that's a reason why the governments and the power they have is why, like, it's those two things compounded is why they go and do those things. And you got to also ask yourself, like, what kind of person would want to audit someone? Like, that's your job. It's to like go and find a family and you work for the IRS and you have to go and dig into these fa- this family's finances. And if the father of the family has been hiding, you know, a couple thousand dollars from the government, guess what? He gets to go to jail. It's like, why would you want to fucking do that? And then also like, you got to think about the kind of person that wants to spy. Yeah. Like we, we have this very um, convoluted understanding of like what the intelligence community is because we have movies like James Bond and, you know, Mission Impossible, and it's these like truly exceptional, <laughs> you know, doing the doing stunts, you know, for our safety. But it's like, <laughs> think, think about who wants <laughs> to buy on you. Go back to middle school and high school. Think about who the hall monitor was. Were they a good? Was that so somebody? Who the RA? Who's the oh, you know the RA? Like these are the personality types that ra- that rise up, and usually they're not the coolest people in the world. They're that is such a good point yeah it's it's really strange because i think because of movies and television we don't even think about it like that because we just think oh well they're out there doing this the the work to keep me and my family safe it's like but what if they're not and what would it look like and what would what else could they be doing and uh it's it's really scary once you start to think like that like holy shit we just gave a whole bunch of hall monitors the keys to the world (laughs) a bunch of ras just a bunch of fucking ras dude that is a good point, though. I never thought of that. We got one more. <clears throat> yeah, let's do one more. All right. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I'm drinking some Jim Beam right now. We did the mo- hell yeah. Um, so, all right. I don't know if we want to do this one. I'll, I'll find another one. <laughs> um, all right. How about this? Um, Let's say you are in the same situation as that female basketball player, Brittany Grinier, <laughs> and you're in Russia and they're trying to like get your get you released. And like the Russian government's like, all right, if you just tell us, like, if you just go back to America and you and you're a spy for us forever, uh, we'll let you go. But you know, if you get caught by the Americans, we're not gonna say that we knew you or that you were working for us. Like, we're just gonna let you go. Would you take that deal just so you could get out of like? Dude, hundred and fifty percent. Yeah, like I was thinking about her situation. I would yeah. be because I'm, I'm like a claustrophobic person. If I'm in a place yeah. where I can't move or get out, or I'm not free to do what I want, my brain goes into panic mode, fight or flight to the max. So if I was in her position, I literally it'd be like throwing a normal person into a penitentiary or what's it called the. What are the things called the rooms where you can't move? Oh, um, you mean isolate? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you don't talk about that. The rooms <laughs> yeah, where it's yeah. like the four by four. Yeah, that's like if I, that'd be what like that's what I imagine it's like. I'd lose my mind. I'd come out of there insane. So yeah, I would yes, yes. The <laughs> only just, thing I wouldn't do is yeah. get out of there. Like the two things is kill friends or family, mm-hmm. or like. Say I don't believe in God or something. I mean, those are the two things where I'm just like, well, I'll just die in here then. Otherwise, other than that, yeah, whatever, man. What if they're like, you have to, uh, you have to give us Kalen and you have to trick (laughs) him. Like, you have to bring him to us, like personally. Like, (laughs) would you do that? I mean, I I said the two things. I said the two boundaries. (laughs) I said the two things that wouldn't stop me. Yeah, I, I think I would probably do that too. I think I would probably, you know. Those are probably my my uh, my boundaries. Also, like no no friends or family, and just no like pledging my allegiance to like the Dark Lord or something crazy like that. You know, either either one of those two, and I'm pretty much just gonna stay. Yeah, but, I mean, I can't. I, I don't know why the 
I mean, first off, I don't know how much he's paid or what. I wouldn't be fucking in Russia. <laughs> yeah, what so, the fuck I'm going to start with over? that. <laughs> I, that's why I'm like, yo, why were you – I mean, I don't care what bag you're getting. You can get that bag in China, wherever. Yeah, I'm not going to – no, not China. I'm, I'm not going yeah. to China or Russia ever. Yeah, fuck all of that forever. Like, Pay me a never- million dollars. Pay me 20 million. Pay me a hundred million dollars. I'm not going to either. Yeah, that's just not happening. Like, there's 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 certain things where if you do get in trouble over there, people are just not going to feel sorry for you. And especially if you're like black, you're screwed there. I'm sure, like, infinitely. Oh my god, the nightmares that I would have. Holy shit! But yeah, I think we're at an hour, man. Yeah, I was good. I'm loving these topics. Yeah, yeah, right. They they keep they're just good. Fortune, shout out, shout out, Kalen. Shouts out, Kalen. Um, but all right, man, well, I'm going to just tell this guy to leave here and, uh, we can, we can wrap up. Thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen.